Good morning and happy Sunday to all of our HOD podcast listeners. We are back here this Sunday morning, bringing you all another podcast for your listening pleasure. Uh, We know that we were unable to post a podcast on last Sunday. Uh, We do apologize for that, Uh, but we are back this Sunday. Um, Definitely ready to uh, give you guys a great great podcast uh we definitely have some really good music lined up and also a great word for you here this morning uh this morning we definitely want to remember uh the reed and mcclary family uh definitely keep them in your prayers as uh my good friend slash sister slash co-worker went on to be with the lord on this past week um definitely keep her husband and her children and grandchildren in your prayers uh they definitely need it at this time uh so continue to keep them uplifted um as you uh go through your week just think about them and uh send out a prayer for strength during this time uh that they're going through Uh, we definitely want to Um, Continue to keep our podcast prayer list going forward. Um, Continue to pray one for another, uh, for our nation, our leaders, um, our children uh, that are in school, our teachers. Um, Also, continue to pray for each other uh, at uh, our workplace, uh, wherever it is that you might work. You never know what the situation might be. So just continue to keep each other lifted up. in all facets in all facets excuse me of our life um we always uh stand in need of prayer for something um might be something that some might consider uh small uh but someone's need of prayer is never small in their eyes so just continue to keep each other lifted up um we thank and appreciate you guys uh as always for tuning in taking out time from all of your busy schedules to tune into the podcast and to continue to make this podcast a uh a great um success uh has definitely uh gone to many countries all around the u.s overseas uh we are listened to abroad and uh we are grateful that God has allowed this pod, this podcast to reach as many as it has reached and to uh, be as beneficial as it has been to all of us. Um, I know that I'm the one who uh, produces it, but at the same time, it benefits me just as much as it benefits you all. Um, so uh, if you have nothing planned on this Sunday morning, uh, House of Deliverance Ministries will be in service at 10 a.m., uh, we would love to see your face in the place if you are free. Uh, definitely come out and enjoy Jesus with us if you are free. Uh, the location is 3039 Fair Road here in Goldsboro. Uh, and again, we would love to have you come and fellowship with us on this Sunday morning. Excuse me. Um, but you know, you guys know what time it is. We're ready to jump into this podcast. So as always, sit back, relax. Kick your feet up for as long as you can. I hope you're prepared for some good sliding in your kitchen this morning. Those church socks should already be on your feet. And with that being said, 
Let's get it. I said, leave it alone and give it to God and watch him handle it. Come on, tell somebody in your home, if you can't handle it, leave it alone and give it to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Song that we used to sing years ago, say, leave it alone. God can handle it better than you can. I said, God can handle it better than you can. Hallelujah. Clap your hands, everybody.
epistles being seen and read by men. So Lord, teach us how to walk circumspectly to the word that men won't stumble over our lives, but see you and how we live.
Come on, Exodus chapter 14. And uh, I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better to, for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. I love the way the King James puts that. Stand still and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night. The cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord took down the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it. And the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea <laughs> on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. I think I'll stop right there. I, I want to teach this morning, preach with this thought in our minds, you had to go through it. You had to go through it. Recently, I, I read a very alarming, I really not alarming, I guess, article in an edition 
online of USA Today, listen, that suggested that 78% of all American adults are under stress. The Gallup poll went into deeper analytics and they surmised that 14 million adults are under stress, listen, and are on the verge of having an anxiety attack or a nervous breakdown. They went deeper into the analytics and discovered that the leading group in this depressed state were those between the ages of 30 and 49. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> when they did a diagnostic of their survey, they found out that one out of five people are at a place of unhealthy stress. The thing about stress, the article said, is that it is no longer an individual problem, but it flows from being an individual problem into being a communal problem. In other words, it seeps over into your family life, from there into your community of friends, from there into your congregation of faith. And when people find themselves under the gun of anxiety and stress, it often leads to discouragement and depression. When it leads to depression, one author says that depression is the seed that gives birth to the children by the name of rage, anger, alcoholism, addiction, suicide, and hopelessness. Somebody listening to me right now is sitting on a keg of dynamite and nobody may know it, ready to explode because you are going through so much stress that has produced emotions that you have not dealt with. I mean, y'all, it's one thing to be at a place where you can anticipate what's coming. But what happens when you have done everything you were raised and educated to do and things still blow up in your face? What happens when you plan, save, and invest, but out of nowhere it's gone? What happens when you tithe and you're still broke? What happens when you help other people, but now that you're the one in need, nobody seems to want to help you? What happens when... You go through all of your mail and every day you get nothing but more depressing news about deadlines you can't even meet. Then on top of that, you wake up every morning with pain because you have to go to a job that doesn't appreciate you and undervalues you but overworks you and then has an attitude with you when you've got to take care of your family. And it, don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. It's not that I don't love God. It's not that I don't have faith. But when I look at my life, I'm getting a little confused at who God is because I can't quite come to grips with how I'm struggling like this while I'm trying to be faithful. And then you got the nerve to want to tell me that I ought to walk around saying I'm blessed and highly favored when I've got an eviction notice, a disconnect notice. Nobody paying child support, couldn't get in the school of my choice, cannot pay my bills. Then on top of that, I've got to live in a pandemic in the current state of affairs 
where I can't leave my house, where I've got to be scared that the very air I breathe might make me sick and die. I've got to deal with a virus they can't control, a governor who's out of control, a mayor who never had control, a president who lets ignorance control, racists who let guns control, racists who lets hate control, streets that let drugs control. It's no wonder that we're like Curtis Blow. I'm close to the edge. Sometimes it's like a jungle. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under because life can get so stressful that you don't know what to do. Then you got the nerve to want to look at me like I ought not be crying. I ought not be screaming. I ought not be cussing. I ought not be drinking. Yeah, I ought not be smoking because you know it's it's, it's legal here. I ought not be smoking. What do you do? When you are at your wit's end and see no way out. That's where the children of Israel find themselves in this text. God had set them up. He came to them through a man, an ebony emancipator, a liberating lawgiver by the name of Moses and told them that he had heard their cries. God had heard their cries and had come to deliver them. And they said, Mo. If that's what you say, we're going with you. If that's what God told you, then we're packing up and making our way. Pharaoh wasn't having it. Y'all know the story. God sends these plagues. Pharaoh decides, I'm going to let these people go. But by the time of our text, Pharaoh has changed his mind. Because it is always the mindset of the oppressor to keep you under oppression. Hmm. That's why they want to cancel Obamacare. That's why they don't want to give returning offenders the right to vote. That's why we voted to give them the right to vote. But then we have a bigoted governor who tries to snatch it away from them because the oppressor always has the mind to keep you in oppression. Here's what the children of Israel missed. Pharaoh, this is real deep. Pharaoh did not let them go Because he had a change of mind as it relates to having a newfound belief in equality, freedom, and liberation. (laughs) Pharaoh didn't let them go because all of a sudden he didn't believe in slavery. Lord have mercy. Pharaoh only let them go because he felt like he was backed into a corner by God and given no choice. It's really a microcosmic picture of America's past and America's present, isn't it? We're in the midst of a debate now being led by this president about statues that they don't want messed with, about names on schools they they don't want taken down, declaring that we are messing with their history, redacting the reality of history that all of these people like Andrew Jackson and Robert E. Lee and Abraham Lincoln were the great heroes of our history, but they were just like Pharaoh Those founding fathers, even that president that signed that emancipation proclamation, they were all just like Pharaoh. They were talking liberation while keeping slaves. They were talking letting folk go while holding on to the black folk that they had enslaved. It's no different in this day than it was in that day. They are on their way out, the text says. And as they were making their way to their place of deliverance, Somebody in the camp made the mistake of looking back. And when they look back, they see 
that what they got delivered from is not only behind them, but coming up fast on them. Verse 11 says, I'm coming to where I want to go. That they said to Moses, did you bring us all the way out here just to kill us? If we were going to die, we could have died where we were. They were making one calculated mistake in their assessment. They are viewing their circumstance without reference to the fact that the Lord himself had brought them to this place. Now, I know what somebody's already saying. Somebody's already saying that's the messed up part that God would bring them out only to set them up. That's the messed up part that God would deliver them only to put them in a difficulty. But you missing the point, beloved. When I make the reason reference for where I am. God bringing me to where I am and when I look at where I am and compare it to where I've been I have to refuse to believe that I'm going to die where I am if God made a promise that he's going to bring me out you better hear me I don't care where you are I don't care what you're dealing with I don't care what the struggle is if God is the one that brought you to where you are when you look at where you are compared to where you used to be you've got to know God didn't bring you out to let you die where you are right now the old church used to put it this way I don't believe he brought me this far just to leave me baby when you know who God is and when you know who you are and when you know who you are to God then every now and then you've got to remind yourself that God would not bring you this far to leave you and that's my word to us even as a people it's rough right now we're dealing with an oppressive systematic racism we're dealing with systemic oppression we are dealing with politicians who don't want us to be free we're dealing with people who don't want black lives to matter we're dealing with people who don't want to see us on an equal level they still want us to be three-fifths of a person but my word to us as a people is God didn't bring us out of slavery God didn't bring us out of separate water fountains God didn't bring us out of separate bathrooms God didn't bring grandmama from washing the white man's clothes and mopping the white man's floor God didn't bring us that far to leave us where we are right now if God brought us out then surely no no matter what America tries to do to us, he will take us to the promised land of equality, the promised land of liberation, because God doesn't bring you out to die in the wilderness. And my word to you is, whatever you're going through, you had to go through it. You just got to know how to go through it. Let, let me let me give you a couple of points on this sermon. If you haven't given, hey, at that, I'm a, listen, some of y'all can cut it. You bet not cut it off. Some of y'all can cut it off and go on to brunch and sow your seed right now because I gave you the words you needed. You thought you were finna die on that job. You thought you were finna die in that relationship. You thought you were finna die in that depression. You thought you were finna die in the midst of misogynistic bosses. You thought you were finna die in the midst of not being able to pay your bills. My word to you today is if God is the one that brought you out I don't care how rough it is where you are he didn't bring you to where you are to not take you where he wants to take you 
But there are three things you got to know. Number one, there is participation in your liberation. Hmm. Did you get that? There is participation. Yes. In your liberation. Watch the text. This thing is interesting to me. Um, the sequence of verses 13 through 15, I'd never thought about before. And I have, I don't even know if mispreached is a word, but I have mispreached. Y'all know I, I got my daddy's genes. I'm going to make up a word. Mispreached. And sure enough, misinterpreted the exegesis of this text. I'm going to show it to you. Moses says those famous words about God to the people. Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. All you've got to do is stand still. And I've always preached that, number one, like God said that, or like Moses was speaking words to the people that God had spoken to him to tell the people. But then, I read verse 15 and discovered all these years, I've been given wrong emphasis. Check it out. Stick with me. Moses says, y'all chill out. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. All you got to do is stand still. Then verse 15 <laughs> sounds like God is put out with Moses. Read it. Moses says all of that. Then verse 15, God says, why are you crying out to me? You didn't get it. I saw it go by your house. Mo Moses says, watch what God is about to do. God then says to Moses, why aren't you doing anything? Moses says to the people, chill out. God's got this. God says to Moses, what's your problem? Moses says to the people, why y'all crying? Stand still. God says to Moses, why are you crying? Get to moving. Y'all didn't get it yet. See, we concentrate so much on the shout portion of what Moses says that we miss the convicting part in God's response. We preach that stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God didn't say that. Moses said that. That was Moses' opinion and not God. I just messed somebody's whole Sunday school theology up. You preach that like God said that. God didn't say that even though it's in God's word. That was Moses' opinion about what God would do but then when God spoke to Moses God said to Moses well why are you crying out to me why are you yelling at me God help me today read it God is not pleased with how Moses handles this situation it's as if God was saying to Moses this ain't the time to pray this is the time to act. Mm. Read it, y'all, because I know I just messed some of y'all up. God rebuked Moses for not acting. He, he, and what's deep is Moses said all the right things. He said all the churchy things. He said all the, the Pentecostal things. He said all the right powerful things. But God wanted to see action and not hear words. That's the problem with a whole lot of us. We say a whole lot of stuff that's churchy and good and might even be right. But every now and then God says, I'm tired of your words. Stop crying to me and get active and do 
do something about your situation because Moses if you really believe in me like you're talking then it would not matter what's behind you it would matter what's in front of you you would just keep walking and watch me move as you walk why are you praying when you ought to be in faith why are you praying when you ought to be acting see sometimes God wants to see your move before God makes God's move Mm. and don't get it twisted prayer is good all the time prayer is good at all times but you got to pray and act and you got to know when praying time is over and acting time is initiated God says to Moses don't talk to them like you trust me and then talk to me like you don't know me <laughs> read it again why are you crying out to me why are you call- it, it, it's like why are you why are you calling me you ought to know what to do see when you're operating in faith you ought not need turn by turn directions for every detail of your life what job to pursue where you should live no every now and then you've got to exercise what i'm calling faith intelligence Mm, faith intelligence yeah it's not practical it's not emotional but it's faith y'all better hear me see faith intelligence overrules the practical because the practical would look at that water in front of them that army behind them those mountains on the side of them and the practical would say no way out the practical would say we're stuck the practical would say we gonna die but when you got faith intelligence it overrules the practical to know i don't know how god's gonna do it i don't know what god's gonna do but i know he makes a way out of no way i know if i keep walking he'll open doors i know if i keep doing my part he'll do his part it overrules the practical it takes authority over the emotional that's why they were in fear because they let their emotions take over their faith it makes no sense to the rational but there's somebody listening to me that knows when you operate by faith you've had red seas in front of you you've had the enemy behind you you've had mountains of hell on the side of you but you kept waking up every morning doing what you know to do because you know you serve a god who makes ways out of no way yeah you got to learn child of god that liberation takes your participation you around here praying, God, give me a job, give me a job. And God's saying, why are you crying out to me? Go fill out the application. You around here laying hands on your bills. God, make a way with my bills, make a way with my bills. God's saying, why are you crying out to me? Stop spending all your money. Hmm. Let me keep going. I love this point. Secondly, the text, Taylor, teach us God will be your, listen, God will be your guide and your guard. Yeah. God will be your guide and this is one of those points where I wish I had a ch- whole church I take about 35 seconds and we get a good shout with the glory button because that's a shout right there God will be your guide and your guard you better hear what I'm telling you God's got his part just do your part <laughs> that's why he told Moses why, I mean why, why are you bugging me that's really if you want a translation of the text, God, God really said to Moses, why are you bugging me? What? Just do your part and I'll do my part. And look, look, at, look at what God says to him. God said, I'm, I'm going to confuse the enemy. And I'm going to use my presence in a cloud and a fire 
to make things happen. Watch this. God employed a communication method that was often used by large traveling groups in the ancient world. History tells us that armies that were marching over long distances needed a way for the troops leading the way to communicate with the troops bringing up the rear so that the leaders of the army would would light a heap of burning coals to carry at the front of the march and at night the fire from the coals provided a light that could be seen for miles but during the day they would pour water on the coals putting the fire out but they had had so many coals that when they poured the water on the cool coals it produced a cloud of smoke and steam and the armies were traveling through unfamiliar territory sometime and all they would have to do was march towards the beacons of light or smoke in order to stay on course don't miss what I just said this was something armies would do it was as if God was saying I'm your army yes and I'm your leader yeah y'all didn't get it it was as if God was saying I am the Lord of hosts and because I'm the Lord of hosts I've got fighting angels and warring angels who are operating on my behalf to lead you where you need to go to guard you from going back to where you don't need to be to protect you on the journey all you gotta do is let me lead you with the light there's a there's an old Swahili proverb that says a sinking vessel never needs navigation. Y'all don't even get to shout in that. In other words, as long as I'm being navigated, that's a sign I ain't sinking. I may not know where I'm being navigated to. I may not agree with the navigation. I may not understand the navigation. But the fact that I'm being navigated means I am not sinking. As a matter of fact, you ought to write in the comments right now, I am not sinking. I don't know what's going on I don't understand what God is up to what God is doing is not making sense but I am not sinking you need to know child of God that there's no need to intervene in a hopeless situation so if God is guiding that means I'm not sinking if God is making ways that means I'm not sinking watch the text a cloud guides them Ooh, it's finna get good Ooh, it's finna get good then verse 17 says the cloud moves jesus now the cloud we know in the bible a cloud represents the glory of god and all this time the cloud has been in front of them but now it moves behind them jesus in front of you is your future so that the glory, God, this is going to be good. Ooh, I wish I had a crowd in here. The glory has been in your future, Jesus. But now the glory shifts. <laughs> Not just to be in your future, but even be behind you. Y'all didn't get it. God is putting you in a position. Where you can give God glory over what's behind you. Somebody just got up and ran off your couch. Somebody just got up and ran in your backyard. Somebody just lifted your hand. Somebody just screamed uncontrollably on your job. Because God said, I'm about to shift your life in such a way that what was behind you used to scare you. But now what's behind you is going to shout you. He said, I'm about to shift your life so that you can give me glory over what's behind you. 
sometimes you've got to thank God for the things behind you that should have killed you. But just who am I talking to that can give God a quick praise in your house or on your job or in your car? Who am I talking to that ain't ashamed all by yourself to start giving God a glory shout for the stuff that's behind you that should have killed you? But you can say, I survived it. See, let me tell you what a devil messes up and what the devil gets upset is that the devil, good God, gets upset that you have the nerve, the unmitigated gall, the audacity, and the sagacity to shout over what's behind you. You've got the nerve to shout over everything you've come through. You've got the nerve to give God praise. Watch this over what you got out of, but it's still trying to get you back. And you don't understand. Your praise is your weapon. Because as long as you keep praising God, that it's behind you and thank God for what's in front of you you'll never get scared of the stuff that's in your past you can give God glory over what's behind you you can see God's glory in what's behind you somebody needs to shout right now for everything that is behind you watch that watch 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 Look at what happens in the shift of the cloud. Oh, this gets good to me. Um, when you go down to the end of verse 20, watch the text. Now it says there's confusion in the camp. I, I need you to read it so you don't think I'm making it up. This is going to blow your mind this time. It says in verse 20, coming down between the armies of Egypt. And it's, look at it. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. So that all night, the cloud brought darkness to one side, light to the other, so that neither went near the other all night long. Y'all don't know when to shout. Remember, the Egyptians are chasing them. Let me give you the geographical picture. Red Sea in front. Migdal Mountains on the side. Which means the Egyptians know exactly where the Israelites are because there's nowhere for them to escape. Ooh, this is going to get good. But because God has become a guard, preached Rudolph McKissick, now the Egyptians know where the Israelites are but can't get to them. God help me in here today. They know where they are but they can't get to them. Do you know why some folk can't stand you? Because they see you, but they can't touch you. They see you, but they can't destroy you. They watch you, but nothing they did is getting the best of you. They can't stand to see you coming. Because every time they see you, they've got to be reminded uh, that they're close enough to you to touch you, but God's put a cloud of darkness between you and them, and they're confused because they know where they are, where you are, but they can't put their hands on you it has to be something keeping them from being able to get to you they know where you are but they can't get to you it's the lord it's the shekinah it's the glory it's the angels warring on your behalf that will not let people get the best of you god goes from being a guide to being a guard he gives them a shield and tell them to get a good night's sleep I'm done. Here come the real shout. 
Y'all know I be trying to be calm sitting in this chair with this headset on. But, but here come the shout. Here's the last thing I need you to celebrate. God brought me through what should have killed me. God brought me through what should have killed me. We, 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 often, we often say these words. They crossed the Red Sea. And while that's technically true, it doesn't give us the full power as it would if I said they go through <laughs> the Red Sea. Woo, Lord have mercy. They, they didn't simply cross. They went through. Let me say it one more time. They didn't, they didn't just cross. Because cross, cross could mean God sent clouds and put them on clouds and took them. No, they went through. Lord, help me. They, they went through the Red Sea. Jesus. Then, only after they go through this thing that should have and could have and would have killed them without the hand of God, then they start lifting up a praise. See, that's why you better be careful making fun of what I go through. You just missed your shout. That's, that's why you better be careful talking about what I go through. That's, that's why you better be careful throwing pity parties because of what you're going through. Because what this text suggests is that if God is guiding you, you're only going through on your way to coming out. Preach boy. You're only going through on your way to coming out. You're only going through on your way to, I don't know what you're going through but God sent me to tell you today that you're not going to die in it you're going to go through it you're not going to lose in it you're going to go through it and you're going to go through it because the miracle is waiting on you on the other side watch the text go back to verse 29 of this verse and look at the go through process and go ahead and get your own shout what they went through watch this text says that there was walls of water on both sides of them. Y'all ready for your shout? Water on the left. Water on the right. Y'all ready for your shout? That what they went through was all around them but wasn't touching them. People see you going through and can't figure out why it's not getting to you. The answer to what happened is in this verse. The answer to how it happened is really in verse 8 of the next of the next chapter. Here's why everything around you can't get to you. God is holding it up to show you off. Y'all didn't hear me. People see you going through and they see you giving God praise. They see you posting positivity on social media they see you happy and they call you fake they call you a holy roller they say you phony they don't know you don't like what you're going through but you understand that the reason you going through it without it getting the best of you is because God is holding it up so he can show you off you got hell on your right you got hell on your left but God is holding it up God is holding it off so your enemies can see you 
going through without it ever harming you. And somebody ought to shout right now that God is holding some stuff up. He's holding some stuff off. He's making folk watch you go through. Here's the shout today. God taught you how to go through with class. God taught you how to go through with dignity. God taught you how to go through with a smile. God taught you how to go through with a shout. And here comes the shout. They go through on dry ground. Can I tell y'all for me what the big miracle is? The big miracle in the text for me is not the Red Sea parting. The big miracle for me in the text is not them walking through with the walls on both sides. But the big miracle to me is that they came through on dry ground. Because the implication of that is God did not just stand the water up, but he dried the sand up. Y'all didn't get it. Because if the sand ain't dry, you sink in the sand the shout to me is that when I come through this you will not be able to look at me and tell what I came through I want to talk to somebody real quick who can say I've been through it but you don't know it I came through it but you don't know it I caught hell but you don't know it I caught racism but you don't know it I caught misogyny but you don't know it I lost my job but you don't know it I went through divorce but you don't know it I couldn't pay my bills but you don't know it I got my house foreclosed but you don't know it that Negro ain't helping me raise these kids but you don't know it I ain't getting child support but you don't know it and the reason you don't know it is because God dried everything up so that when I came out on the other side nobody would know what I've been through it's like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego when they came out of the fiery furnace they didn't smell like smoke their hair was not singed their clothes were not burned because God's got a way of bringing you out without looking like what you've been through I want to speak to somebody who can say folk look at me and they don't have a clue everything I've been through. I want to shout somebody who can say if folk only knew all the hell I caught. If folk only knew all the struggles I had. If folk only knew all the nights I couldn't sleep. If people only knew all the medicine I had to take. If folk only knew all the abuse I had to suffer. But God's got a way of bringing you out so that nobody knows but you and God. And folks see you shout and think they know what you shouting about. But sometimes you got to tell them this is a private shout for what God did for me that nobody knows about. I'm sorry, y'all. I done had a rough weekend. And I done got happy myself. I done had some stuff go on this weekend. But God has shown me that my children are coming out. I yes, am coming out. And when we come out, nobody is going to know that if it had not been for the Lord, on my side, 
Where would we be? What would we do? How could we live? How could we shout? How could we smile? But if it had not been for Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rafika, my mama's gone, my daddy's gone, my grandmama's gone. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, is there anybody who can shout, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Waymaker, when he brings you out, people don't even have a clue what you've been in. People won't have a clue the stuff you've been struggling with. You had to go through it so he could show you off. You had to go through it so the enemy would know that even when he thinks he's got you God's got him I want to speak that to somebody today child of God you had to go through it but you're only going through it for God to bring you out on the other side and, and I hear God telling me to tell somebody what he told Moses This is not the season for you to panic. This is not even the season for you to simply pray. This is the season for you to pray and act. God said, I'm going to be your guy. And I'm going to be your guard. I got your front. I got your back. That's the season. 
God says, I'm going to take you through. And I'm going to hold off everything that has the potential to wipe you out so I can show you off. The race is not given. Nor to the strong, but to the one that until the Sometimes you'll have to walk all along, but I know things will work out. Yes, they will for the good of
and thank you all for uh, tuning in as always um, you definitely put a smile on my face when I see the numbers start to ping on my phone every time that we post a podcast that someone else has listened to the podcast uh, and we definitely thank you guys for tuning in um, we are once again preparing ourselves for Sunday morning service on today uh, and would love to see you if you are free so come on in uh, have a seat for as long as you possibly can because uh, trust and believe we are expecting God to have a mighty move uh, on this morning uh, we're looking for God to do great things so if you uh, need a little uplifting if you need a little encouragement uh, if you want to just have you a good uh, hand clapping toe tapping time trust and believe House of Deliverance is one of the places that you can go to achieve that and we would love to see you this morning if you are free uh, but with all that being said you guys we love and appreciate you all uh, we are definitely praying for you uh, continue to keep us in your prayers and we will see you on the other side now Psalm 50 verse 14 says offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vow unto the most time you got to excuse about 300 listeners because we got to pay up on our bill. Excuse me while we tell God, thank you. Yes. I said, excuse me.
ago from the genesis of this i never desired to stay here long i want you to take a moment and begin to openly tell god thank you why not the hook on the one thank you i want you to start telling god what you're thankful for Job I did not deserve, I didn't qualify. 